You're listening to the Athletic Motion Golf Podcast. I'm Mike Renato, and I'm here with my good buddy and co-founder in AMG, Sean Webb. We have one goal with this podcast, to help you improve your game. We're going to do that by showing you what the best players in the world do, and then show you how to incorporate those same moves into your own swing. And we're going to do it all in 15 minutes or less. Today's episode is brought to you by Live View Golf. We use the Live View Pro every day in lessons because it gives our golfers the necessary feedback for improvement. The Live View Pro is like having a swing studio in your pocket. It's a tool we recommend to anyone serious about improving their swing. Check it out at liveviewsports.com backslash AMG to get $40 off at checkout. Sean, I think if there, if we could divide or segment our, our in-person lessons, either throw online in there as well. Segment our online lessons into three categories, just all of our lessons into three categories. It would be lag. Golfers want more lag. Yeah, yeah. these are the things they come asking for. Right. It would be, I need to be more open. I need to get open, right? We've all heard that. And I need to be shallow. So you go shallow, lag, and get more open. We get those every day. Sometimes that's all we get during the day. And, you know, you could you could branch it out to uh, I want more distance and I think I'm going to get more distance because I don't have enough lag and I need more lag. So it's kind of the, the progress of what, what folks come in to see us. And all of those things are downswing, things that every golfer sees. You know, they, they don't like these elements in their downswing. But I'm having a hard time recalling when we actually worked on those elements. Certainly the last half of the downswing. You can get all three of those by improving what you do in the backswing. Yeah, and I think that's um, it's kind of one of the things people realize when they come in for a lesson with us. We spend literally no time on any fixing any three of those things that happen in the downswing. Um, and if we get their backswing kind of where it needs to be, like Mike and I will do this all the time in a lesson, we'll kind of get them to the top of the swing situated where they need to be and have them hit a ball and we'll show the before and after video. It's it's it, it literally amazes them. Like wow, I wasn't even thinking about shallow or lag or getting open, but I did all those things on a video. And then they're just they take a step back and think, okay, I've been working on the wrong things. They've been trying to fix the 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 cause, not the cause. They've been trying to fix kind of the after effect, right? Symptom, yeah. Did not fix the root cause, and that's what we try to to get people to understand in a lesson, let, let's take steps back and see where this is originating from. And a lot of times it's the setup in the grip, right? And then it just kind of goes from there. And everything affects everything in the swing. So if you're just trying to fix the downswing and one of these three items, you're probably looking in the wrong place if you're just looking at downswing. Yeah, I think one of the most damaging ideas or concepts in the golf swing is the backswing doesn't matter, right? Crazy. The, the whole thing's one second. It just tells me you haven't taught enough golf. Right, the whole thing's one second, address to impact. And you can't do something in three quarters of that one second, uh, good or bad, and expect it not to have an influence on that last quarter of a second. I mean, it's just not possible. Um, and w- what you're talking about doing with players is, okay, when a golfer's coming in and, and they're warming up for the lesson, and you know, we'll kind of talk to them. And as we're talking to them, we're watching and recording their swings. And, and we're, we're, we're talking ourselves and seeing what you know which direction we want to go in the lesson and then I'm usually at the laptop there computers or whatever and Sean will go up and he goes okay let's take your backswing let's just take it to the top 
and a golfer will go to the top of his or her backswing. And then you'll make an adjustment. Oftentimes, it's, it's creating some width. It's pulling the hands away from the torso. It's getting the club pitched up correctly, right? So many golfers are, are laid off in the backswing. Whatever the changes is, you'll put them in. And we've done this so many times now. As soon as you get up out of the out of the chair and go up to the backswing, I've got my mm-hmm. mouse click on the record button. So you'll, you'll get them where you want them in the backswing, in a good spot in the top of the backswing. And you'll kind of leave your your hand up there. You'll get your body out of the way so you don't get hit. And you'll say, okay, as soon as I move my hand, just make a downswing. And their brain is engaged in the positions you just put them in that are different than what they normally do. And as soon as you move the hand, the downswing fires. We capture it. It's always shallow. It's on plane. They have tons of lag, and they're always open. Yeah. And for most golfers, when we do that replay of their swing, they say, okay, this is what you just did. They're amazed, one, because like you said, they didn't think about any of that. They're preoccupied with where you put them in the backswing, and the downswing was just a reaction to that backswing spot. And then the second thing, they're always amazed because most of them have never seen themselves have all three of those, certainly at the same time. Yeah, and that's usually that, that's when you get the buy-in in the lesson. The students like, okay, I, I got it. I can actually do this, right? right? They're happy about the fact that they've been working on so many things all, all all along that wasn't affecting the swing, and now they fix something in the back swing that actually fixed it. They're excited and they're they're ready to get to work on it. But yeah, I mean, like Mike said, the the issue that most of them have, if we had to distill it down, I guess it would be. They just don't maintain the width, right, at the top of the backswing. I'm constantly pulling the hands away from the real shoulder, right, the right shoulder for right. a golfer. And when I do that and pitch the club up a little bit, meaning just feel like it's kind of above the hands, it almost gives them an automatic, nice-looking downswing. Yeah, I, there's no question. I, I think you can even take it back a step farther than that. You know, most of what we fix in a golf lesson is a concept. Yeah. Right? So if the golfer is trying to get their hands really deep, they're not going to have much width because they'll they'll use their right arm and kind of pull it behind them like a lawnmower. Left arm will be, you know, choked out across their chest. Um, just that movement alone robs you of the width. So you make that change right off the bat. You separate the, the hands from the torso or the right shoulder. So that's a big deal for shallowing the club. It's a big deal for lagging the club especially and then you certainly getting open and then you know you, you keep going down those concepts and you're talking to them and you're finding out okay what have you been working on what have you you know what have you and your coach been working on or what have you been watching online and give us the last six months of what you've been trying to fix in your swing and oftentimes you're going to hear certainly some conflicting ideas going on in there but sometimes just some out and out wrong ideas of, of what actually causes the downswing that they're trying to get. They're, they're doing things in the backswing that will keep them, guaranteeing that they won't have the downswing they want, but thinking that's what should happen. You know, golfers are pretty good at doing what they're trying to do. Yeah, I haven't thought about this much, but I, you know, when someone comes in for a lesson, I feel like we have a pretty much set script in the interview when we first meet them. Like, mm-hmm. okay, tell me what's going on in your swing. What's the ball flight look like? Do you, hit it, do you drive it better than you hit your irons? What have you been working on? What do you think you need to work on? Let me let me let me 
pause you there for a second because you're on a really great point. But I always it's very telling when a golfer will come in and they're warming up and you know we're just chit chatting and where are you from that kind of stuff and then you start getting into golf and you say okay tell me about your game like what what what's your ball doing? Almost always you're going to get well. It's like they didn't hear anything you just asked. It's they go into I need to get more of this. My left arm's here. We're just trying to learn what their ball does on a good shot, what it does on a bad shot. You know, we obviously can see what they're doing wrong and capturing all the information, but they're so into describing their game as what they're doing rather than what they're trying to get the golf ball to be. Yeah, but absolutely. And then the, the on that same train of thought with the interview, it's like, yeah. okay, what have you been working on? What, um, what have you been watching on YouTube? <laughs> right? Yeah. Get a kick out of that one because you know you get the, the usual suspects, sure, including us, yeah, which is fine, yeah. And then uh, preferable, yeah. Who have you, <laughs> and I'll even ask because I've been we've been doing this a long time. I'll ask who have you taken lessons from, mm-hmm. just for no other reason than I know my habits that I have in my swing right now, and Mike knows what they are. They have been shaped by the people that I've taken lessons from because I was a practicer, and I, if you told me to do. X, I would do it a million times to the point where, you know, it was probably overdone. If I would usually overdo every lesson I ever took. So those things that I did back then in my early 20s or whenever it was, before that, try, trying to learn the game, reading books, trying everything right. that Ledbetter said, trying everything, not for good or bad, it's just that's what I, I did. Those things are still in my swing that the, the bad roads I went down. So I, I asked all those questions to, to like Mike said, Okay, now I know what they're trying to do. And, I, and I'll see it. Normally, you can almost see it. Oh, I bet they watched this person or right. worked on this. So knowing all those things about the golfer goes a long way to trying to help them. And, you know, the person is less significant than the concept or the idea. Absolutely. You're just trying to figure out, okay, I know that's a road they probably went yeah. down because I probably did it. Because no one person, like, there's nothing new in the golf swing. Mm-hmm. You know, what you name it, it's been taught by a lot of people. So the, the person's insignificant. It's the concept that they're trying to implement mm-hmm. that that's the telling part. And, you know, it's it's kind of a forensic, right? We A lot of cases, we'll just, just have met this person for the first time, don't know anything about their golf swing, haven't seen it. Um, so you're just trying to kind of build a history around why they're at the stage they're in that's bringing them in for the lesson in the first place. Other than I just want to hit it farther, I want more lag. You're you're trying to find out essentially why they don't have lag, why they can't get open, unless there's a physical issue, which is rarely the case. And we'll we'll ask. Yeah, we'll ask, and I might do a little test to see the arm shoulder rotation, right, right. whatever. But we don't see it very often. It's it's rarely the cause, rarely. Now, being in better shape, better mobility, those are all, all great things. But it's not what's keeping golfers from those three things, shallow, lag, and getting open. It's not. Now, I will say this. If I get up there and try to move you and I'm if physically, I'm, I'm not weak. If I'm physically <laughs> incapable of moving you an inch because you're so blocked up tight, I might recommend you go get, get stretched. On, yeah. Get stretched, work on your mobility. Because if I get up there and I can't, even budge you as far as move your hands away from your shoulder or situate your hips a little differently or just turn you a little and you, you're resisting me the whole time, that's what your swing's doing. As soon as it hits that resistance point, it's going to be steep over the top, no lag, right. no rotation. So that's the one time it would. But like Mike said, we don't see it as often as you would think. Yeah, I would say one golfer last week, and that's been the first one in maybe 
two months. Yeah, exactly. Right. And before I forget, I want to circle back around for a minute because I had <laughs> I had this random thought about backswings not mattering. You take an outlier swing like Jim Furyk, yep. right? You say the yep. backswing doesn't matter. Well, what if you gave him a good backswing? It would matter then. He'd miss the ball. Right. So these outlier swings, you have to be careful with them because they're making those backswings. Is that that's just might be the first time how they picked up a golf club that felt good to them. Matt Wolf, same way. Right? Yes. Imagine if you. It, so in this case, it really if you changed Matt Wolf's backswing to something conventional, he wouldn't be able to play golf again. So it does matter in every case. But what we're saying is, if it's an outlier swing, I wouldn't use that just to say the backswing doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, you you can't look at Matt and and Jim and say, well, there just you do go. whatever you want. It doesn't matter. Just do whatever, do you, whatever want. you want. One, <laughs> you ain't Matt or Jim. You don't have their talent level or their skill level. And no to one taught them movements. that. Right. They picked up the club and that made sense to them. It felt good and it worked out for them. We it, see that's happened before. Terrible backswings every week. And they don't. And work they like don't hit it two. like those two. <laughs> exactly. So. You know, don't be resistant to change because yeah. Pro X can pull it off yeah. at a high level. There's only one of each of those guys. There's not many. You yeah. see, start the swings are pretty conventional out there, wouldn't you say? Oh yeah, if you're yeah, if you're to use to use any outlier as an example of what to do, you have to ignore thousands and good, thousands good of other great swings. Yeah. Uh, you know, just like. Okay, do it at your own peril. And the more we do that, uh, look at swings and gears, 3D, and like using the force plates that we use, like there's not really a million ways to do it. There's not. It's just they swings are pretty tight tolerances. Um, it's just the way it is. Bodies will look different performing the same movements when you look at the data. Yeah. Sean and I are working literally on the same thing and look nothing alike doing it's it. It's built different. Yep. Right? But um, you start looking at the amounts of like hip slide, the amounts of – overall rotation and the timing of it when the rotation I mean, happens it's a, it, how it shall it's amazing out. how similar so I, I like to look at the similarities of the great swings right. right that that to me tells a lot more than just oh well everyone does it different because right. really in most cases that's not true yeah and, and looking at the similarities they're like everything you just mentioned those are all things that every golfer with very few exceptions every golfer can do yeah, they right. can add that to their swing. Right. You can't turn like Rory McIlroy. Chances are, right, he's kind of superhuman turn. He's got basically 90 degrees between his hips and his shoulders at the top. Most people only turn 90 degrees. He's got a 90 degree separation. Yeah. So you probably can't do that. But when you look at the timing of a shift, when you look at the timing of his rotation, when you look at how he moves his right arm, when you look at the width he creates by how he moves his right arm, you look at all these other things that he does with other pros that have half his rotation, then you start to see, okay, these it are matters. the things that produce all these cool looking things in the golf swing and the downswing that I'm missing on the backswing. Absolutely right. And like I said, the more we look at swings, that's just kind of what we start to see. And that's why people come for lessons. They want to see, right? We, we want to get on gears and see where they're, where they fall outside the range of great players or windows as we call them. And even with my own swing, you know, I got on gears earlier this year. My hip turn was so flat on the backswing compared to my rotation. I was like, I just don't see that with any good players. Right. I had 55 degrees of backswing rotation, and my hip turn, my hip tilts were five. That that ratio is just not something that we ever see with great ball strikers. So I knew right away, let's go to work on that. I worked on the backswing by working on the tilt. My my uh, top of backswing got better. 
because the club pitched in a different way, and that improved my downswing, and so on and so forth. So that kind of hopefully ties it together here. Absolutely. That's a great, uh, it's a great topic. If you see something in your golf swing, or you see something in your downswing that you don't like, you're flipping it, you're scooping it, you're not open, you're steep coming down, look in the backswing. 999 times out of 1,000, that's where you're going to find the culprit and why you have to do that. We all have to do certain things on the downswing to hit the ball. Mm-hmm. But you're scooping it because you have to, because square the face. You're not getting open because you'd miss the ball if you did. So you got to learn or work with someone who understands cause how a backswing, yeah, cause and effect, and really diagnose and dive into what's causing that quarter of a second downswing not to be how you want it. You're going to find the answers most often in that three-quarters second backswing. And work on your grip setup and posture and ball position. Can't do it enough. There's no there's no excuse for having poor of those because they take no talent to do, right? Yeah, you get one of those off track, all bets are off. You're not even going to get the backswing right. Worst so. golfer in the world can have a rock star setup grip. Try giving that. Adam Scott a super weak grip. Or crappy right? alignment and all those other things. Never, never hear from him again. So, yep. anyways. All right. Um, let us know what you think. Uh, let us know if you work on your backswing and um, – like the podcast give us some thumbs up give us some stars subscribe please and the best thing you can do for us is share it with your golf absolutely i know you don't want them to play better because you're probably playing against them but (laughs) please share it that's how you can help us reach more golfers and that's what we're trying to do help as many golfers as we can great we'll see you guys on the next one